All right, so listen. So a lot of people don't really understand this. This is behind the scenes right now. Drew yells at me before we go on to record all the time. And I'll be honest with you guys. I got like oh. six kids here and a wife. Look, I, I don't have to put up with this. You know, I, I, I got it. All right, folks. Apparently this is welcome to the attitude. What's going, what is going on here today? What did, I, I guess, I guess I'm solo. I don't know what's going on. All right, folks, we're, we're sorry to be so abrupt. We're here out of nowhere. Um, Arnold's quit, apparently. Um, I don't, I'm sorry I've yelled. <laughs> Welcome to the Attitude Era Review Wrestling. Or no, the uh, Arnold, come back. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this without you. All right, so the other guy quit, apparently. Um, I'm here to join Drew on... Uh, the review today. Um, oh, thank you, God. It's Mike today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Yeah, we did a bit. <laughs> we had to. It was perfect, especially considering what goes down here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast. My name is Arnold, and with me, as always, is the one of the 2021 Armchair Book of the Year finalists. A man that I'm honored to call my tag team partner, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I am talking about the big Drewski. Drew, what's going on this morning, my man? Oh, just living life, getting it's that time of the year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I am so done with the holidays. Is it January 3rd yet? Oh, I don't want to think about it. As I think everybody knows, I work for the post office and last weekend was crazy oh my gosh yeah imagine i say i'd say oh yeah this whole month for you guys is going to be pandemonium oh it started right after halloween i believe it it's it's getting worse but yeah i went in yesterday on my i mean on my day off they you know they have me come in i can come in any day but i was scheduled to just come in just to do packages yesterday no mail just help everybody with packages I delivered nothing but packages and not all of them just took some from everybody, certain roads and delivered four hours worth of packages and drove 75 miles. Nope. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Man, oh man. I could not imagine. I couldn't imagine. Um, speaking of not being able to imagine things, you don't see this very often from, from, uh, oh yeah, by the way, folks, I forgot to completely mention what we were doing. Uh, this is our review for WCW Monday Nitro from November 18th, 1996. Um, didn't catch where it was because, uh, you know, the show kind of went off to a crazy start as, uh, yeah, there was, I don't even think there was an intro section for this one. No, they started off with. The outsiders beating the crap out of jobbers, apparently, and the nasty boys. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah, just like we intro parried it, parried, 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 parried. parried. That's what I was looking for. Um, yeah, that we just like we intro. That's what they did, just out of nowhere, bam. They're in Florence, <laughs> South Carolina. I had to Google it. Oh, they never did say. I just go. googled it. We're in South Kakalaki. Yep, 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 yep. I've drove through Florence. Nice place. I've driven through South Carolina. I was glad to get out. 
I used to live but, there. Uh, <laughs> I lived there for about three to six months, six, three, about three months. Yeah, three Not months. Bad. I mean, really, yeah, South Carolina ain't that bad. In the winter, I lived there. Worst winter they had in like 30 years. So what, they get like half an inch of snow? Oh, God, no, no, no. They got about, they got a half an inch of ice. Then they, Then it snowed six inches. And then we got more ice on top of it. Oh, wow. This was 2000, uh, December, December, January, 2010, 2011. That, oh, wow. That winter. Oh, shut the state down. Well, I guarantee it. And I had an ice scraper, like the one on a little handle with a brush, mm. going around my, our apartment complex, cleaning people's cars off. And you would have thought I had a wand from Harry Potter doing magic because these people had no clue what that magical device was. Mm-hmm. I went outside. There was people using spatulas that were snapping in half. Because remember, there's ice. Snow, you can use like a spatula. Ice oh, yeah. ain't coming off with a cheap little plastic spatula. Mm-hmm. Uh, CD cases, we're trying to scrape it off with. No, that didn't last. The yeah. dumbest one I saw is the guy that had a, a AA battery beating like on his windshield. And the lady I caught two seconds before she did it with the pot of hot water. Oh, that would have destroyed her windshield. But yeah, I screamed. Like I saw her about 40, 50 yards away. I'm like, I saw what she had and I saw the stand. I'm like, no. And she turns around and goes, there's ice. I'm like, you'll shatter every inch of that windshield. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. No, bad, bad. That's a terrible idea. Here's a physics lesson for you. Going from extreme cold to extreme hot does not bode well for glass. Mm-mm. Or the opposite way around. But that's really harder to do. Oh, yeah. It's got to be extreme cold for it to compress. But, yep. yeah, as soon as you dump that, <laughs> shattered into teeny tiny pieces. But yeah, the wife was off just, I mean, six inches and an overall inch of snow. The wife was off work for a week. Why? Because both of the snow plows, the state of South Carolina owned, couldn't keep up. Yes. I said the state, not both the county or both the area owned, both of the state owned snow plows could not keep up. They had to wait for North Carolina to get theirs finished. And they sent a bunch down to get us dug out. It was bad. So I lived winter in South Carolina, horrible snow. I, I, the only time I've ever been to Texas snowed. (laughs) I'm not good with going places where it's not supposed to snow and it snows, but yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's nuts. Cause I've been through both States and both times it was super hot. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, speaking of heat. There's a bunch of it in the ring right now. What? I, was go- I was going back to the, the opening of the show. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was definitely. Okay. I was like, I was like, there was. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, were, they were trying to get some heat. Oh, yeah. Big time. Especially with that bit. Which, yeah, I think, yeah, Tony was gone the rest of the night. Well, yeah, he was. It was Mike Tanay and Larry Z yeah. for the. First hour. Yeah. So, so this show, the, yeah, I was looking it up. Did you say that what happens? Like, who it was a dark match between high voltage and some Mexicans? 
I didn't catch. Yeah, it, it was like a yeah, it was like a tag team triangle match or something. It was a dark match, but it starts off and we see the outsiders in the ring with chairs and everybody laid out. And they showed like a still or something of what happened. And yeah, it just went from them yelling at Tony and Larry and calling out the faces of fear. Tony walks off and Hall and Nash do their thing. Walk off to back where they are met almost immediately by Ming and the Barbarian. <laughs> and they had a little brawl there backstage. And that was, was a fun little brawl for what it was. It was fun watching uh, Barbarian and Kevin Nash try to like joust each other with the trash cans. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Fencing with trash cans. Weird sport. New, new sport. Coming this coming this summer to the Redneck Olympics. <laughs> With your host, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh God. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'm not even gonna lie. Opening ceremonies, Larry the Cable Guy. Never mind. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, like you said, Zibs is alone on commentary for a while while they so scramble to get Tanae out there. Awesome. And I'm going to let you take this first match because I know you're drooling. I am because I, I straight up marked whenever I was like, oh, I was like, oh, little Parker. I yeah, marked I for you. I marked for you because as soon as I saw who it was, I'm like, well, Arnold just needs a new pair of pants. Yeah, because I was like, little Parker's here. It's like, yes. And, and it cracks me up because you don't realize how big he is until he goes up against somebody like Ubuntu Guerrero. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a cruiserweight? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like 6'3". <laughs> like 6'3", 250. He's just like, yeah, I'm totally a cruiserweight. But he can fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, LaParka's got some moves, man. And it's actually convenient that Mike Tanay was out here because could you imagine Larry Z trying to call this match by himself? He did. Remember, I think the first couple minutes was just <laughs> Zabisco going, uh, uh. He did that thing. He did that flying thing with the spin and the. Fl- I, I, where's Tanae? <laughs> Just wait for him to start screaming. Somebody get Tanae out of here. The only thing that would have made that better is if it would have been if they would have not sent Tanae out and sent Dusty. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would have been amazing. I want commentary with Zabisco and. Um, Dusty old commentary just don't cruise your weights. That'd be hilarious. And we and you know, let's look behind the curtain here. Of course they know the names, but you know, their on screen personas don't. So it would just be hilarious. Like <laughs> you did the little flippy thing there, baby. Why are you flipping like that? That's not wrestling. <laughs> oh no, Dusty. That's not wrestling. That's not wrestling, baby. That'd be great. I would just <laughs> you somehow just turned Dusty Rhodes into Bobby Boucher from the Waterboy. And it's perfection. <laughs> <laughs> That's not football, baby. What a sucks. I say it was like it, it cracks me up because every time I hear Dusty Rhodes, I think about anytime like they talk about WCW Saturday night. It's like it's the mothership pavement is clevering and plunder, baby. Like that, that's, that's Dusty Rose, baby. What can you do? The American dream, baby. Exactly. Oh. Son of a plumber, man. Oh. Love it. 
I'm sorry. I <laughs> all over the place with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get you. I get you. But, man, I mean, and it cracks me up because, I mean, honestly, you got to gotta agree with Larry Zabisco here. This match is literally nothing but flips and jumps and flips mm-hmm. and jumps and head scissors and flips. And I'm not going to lie. I loved every minute of it. I mean, Hooventude is still Hooventude, but outside of that, <laughs> I mean, LaParca did what he could <laughs> for what it was worth. And, um, yeah, like, there was this one – what was it? Oh, Hooventude went to do the uh, Hurricane Rana thing, and it just looked, ugh. Yeah. I don't know how to put it. It was just not good. And LaBarca's like, well, I got to sell this. <laughs> so he just kind of flips. And I was like, you know, I don't blame you. I probably have done the same thing. And then he hit that awesome, for the finish, that awesome senton off the top rope. Yeah, I didn't exactly know what to call that. I wrote a top rope switching corkscrew senton. I have, yeah. Yeah, because that's what I called it. I was called it a corkscrew senton because that's exactly what it looked like. It so was, I was like, okay. it was pretty. And um, it was pretty. Yes, it was. This match was your standard lucha match. It was all like just nonstop 115 miles an hour the whole way. Mm-hmm. But did you notice toward the end, they were blown up big time? Oh, yeah. They were supposed to do a spot where he shot him off into the ropes and neither one. They were both barely running. They were mm-hmm. like, <gasps> I'm jogging. <laughs> also, um, yeah, I guarantee at that point, yeah, they were probably both gassed. That finish was beautiful. The one thing I love that they did the replay of, I think it was LaParca jumping, where he did that um, crossbody from the top to oh, the outside. Off the top, yeah, to like the other side of the arena, yeah. And he called, and Zabisco goes, he dove 30 feet across the ring. And I'm like, yeah, those rings are 18 foot square. I was about to say, there's no <laughs> 30 feet unless he's pulling the ending of Space Jam and Michael Jordan. No, Mm-mm. 18 feet. No, but you know, whatever. He's trying to sell how far it was. Um, I like this. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. I like this. Oh, yeah. And I mean, quite frankly, I mean, I feel like, I mean, we'll definitely see more LaParca for sure. I mean, obviously, we're going to see more Hoobie too. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, you could definitely tell who the better Lucha is in this one for sure. And I think it was a great debut on TV for LaParca. And yeah, I'm excited to see more LaParca in the future. I did break down, he has a very weird outfit. Oh, yeah, his outfit was odd. Like, <clears throat> they become a little less uh, extravagant over time. That's Which good. I'm totally cool with that. Um, but, yeah, this one just kind of gave me, like, some kid drew, like, the Punisher, but made him, like, Batman. But he's the Punisher. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I kind of got that vibe from it. But I mean, really, other than that, I mean, hell, it doesn't matter. The man, man behind the mask, put on a pretty good match. We also, and, uh, sorry, oh, good. Oh no, you're good. Good. We skipped over something that was told to us. I know we're doing very quick reviews here, but Piper's here. Piper is here. There's He's in the building, folks. And there's a hot rumor in the locker room. Mm, wonder what it could be. Ooh. Um, what'd you give this? 
I gave this match an A. I saw that coming a mile away. And the reason I gave it an A is because LaParka is in it. Yeah, I know. I saw that a mile <laughs> away. And I'm not going to argue with you because I would have done the same thing if I was a big LaParka mark. Um, I gave this a B minus. It wasn't, it, I mean, even with Lucha, it wasn't my thing. It was, it wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. B minus <laughs> is a good grade. Nothing wrong with it. Um, just, yeah, it's a good debut. Uh, I, I want to see some more of this guy. But I kind of want to see him against somebody his own size. He's always going to tower over. Ever. It's like, I remember, oh, I'm going to mention this guy, then I want to cut a promo on him. Good. So it's perfect timing. I'll make it quick. I remember when we were talking, when Disco Inferno was in the cruiserweight, and we're like, how's this guy cruiserweight? Disco. Uh, LaParca is a lot bigger than Disco. All right, now that we've talked about Disco Inferno, I'm going to cut a promo on this moron. All right, so if you've heard our Raw review, we talked about the MJF CM Punk promo. And if you haven't seen that promo yet, pause us right now, go watch it and come back because what I'm going to say won't make a whole lot of sense. All right, y'all back? Good. Welcome back to the Attitude Air Wrestling Review Podcast. If you just watched, you should have just watched the MJF CM Punk promo, which was amazing. You can hear mine and Arnold's thoughts about that on our November 18th Raw review, which should have just come out right before this. But anywho, we everybody in the planet goes, that was great. That's amazing. Except on a podcast, Mr. Disco Inferno, who said it was terrible and horrible and just cut it down the size. Why? Because nobody will hire Disco Inferno because he's an idiot. He's trying to He's trying to clickbait and just be the anti what everybody can obviously see with their eyes just to try to get views and listens. And you know what? Shut up, dude. There's a reason you never got past the mid card. There's a reason no one hires you as an agent anymore because he tried to put a, he wanted to put aliens on TNA legitimate wrestling aliens. Oh my God. Dude. You're gone. You're way past. I, I know people call Cornette irrelevant, but that's kind of just mock, mocking him because he's not. But he would like him or not, he's not. Disco Inferno, you're 20 years past being relevant, and 20s being nice. Disco is dead. Disco was dead in the 70s. Disco Inferno was dead in 97. Shut up. You should just stop your. If you're going to do a podcast and talk wrestling, at least make it sound legit. Cutting this down is just jealousy because they've got more. CM Punk has more talent in his pinky toe than you ever had in your whole career. MJF has more talent in his pinky toe than you ever had in your entire career, Disco Inferno. And they're both, well, CM Punk's not, but MJF is the future. I'm sorry, MJF is the future of wrestling. You can't see that. There is something wrong with you. He has got... If you could build a professional wrestler from scratch, how would it not be MJF? Yep. Size, wrestling ability, promo skills. He gets it. He just There's that it factor. He gets it. He knows what he's doing. So Disco Inferno, take your whatever podcast is called i'm not going to plug it or know what it is and turn it sideways shine that sun gun up real good 
and shove it straight up your disco ass because you're an idiot. Agreed. End of rant. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that on the other one because I saved it because I knew we'd be talking about him here somewhere. A and B minus for Laparca and Hoovy. I'm not going to, it's a little bit of a disparity, but I'm not going to, I know why. So we're good. Next, we get Ultimate Thanos with Sonny Ono versus Dean Malenko in a cruiserweight match. I'm guessing this is for the cruiserweight title. Um, We get a little blurb. And of course, Ultimate Thanos is Ultimate Dragon with his eight belts. Yeah. <laughs> he collects belts like Taylor Swift collects ex-boyfriends. Boom. Yeah. And also very true. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm not going to make fun of her too bad yet. No, no, I'm not because a lot of people poke fun at her. But you know what? I'll give her some credit. She writes her own music. She plays her own instruments. She doesn't use auto tune. So she's a musician. And as a musician myself, I'll give her a little bit of credit. I'll give her some credit for that. The props are props is due. Yeah. And I've listened to a few things. It's some of her country's awful. Her early country stuff's awful, but. Her new stuff isn't terrible. Not my cup of tea, but I can see where people would like it. Unlike things like, oh, I don't know, country my kids are listening to that just got awful, and I can understand why you move. Anyway, why are we off in there? Ultimate Dragon, eight belts. Uh, Rey Mysterio wants a rematch. These are, okay, he gets one. He should get a rubber match. They've had two. He won one. Right. He won the other one. I think he earns, earns a third. Um, these, this is a very quick paced, quick counters back and forth. Ultimate dragon misses a moonsault An Irish whip somehow. I don't know what they were doing there went the wrong way. It, uh, miscommunication. I'm assuming Sonny Ono somehow gets brought in the ring, but didn't factor into it. Dean Malenko back body drops ultimate dragon over the top rope. DQ'd. Ultimate Dragon wins, but DM or DM Dean Malenko keeps his belt. You can tell I write, I'm reading quickly because I write um, initials for the, the shorthand. Um, right. He keeps his belt, so we get to keep half the roster. Sweet. Um, this was a very quick, short match. Not much longer than probably what I just said. Um, I liked it. I actually kind of like this one a little better than Hoovy and Parka. Um, I gave this one a B. That's fair. And it was like, I'll take that. Um, <clears throat> only thing that kind of cracked me up, honestly, is the fact that it's kind of like, how inconsistent is WCW with what over the top rope means? Because, I mean, how many matches have we seen up to this point where they hadn't called that a DQ? Yeah. And then there are some matches where they're like, oh, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Ring the bell. It's like, which is it, guys? Like, well, <laughs> I know a lot of the time they'll do that and they'll catch the rope and stand on the apron. And I mm. think that somehow is okay. But if they go to the floor, I guess maybe that's considered all mm. top rope because Ultimate Dragon went all the way to the floor, didn't he? Pretty yep. sure. Yeah. So maybe that's the difference. If you catch yourself, it's not really over the top rope because you caught the rope and we're holding it. Wrestling logic, folks. Here we go. Right. I mean, that's pretty much what that is. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, I guess that's one thing. Um, but nah, I mean, all in all, I mean, it's a pretty good match. And I mean, you're going to get that really anytime Dean Malenko's in the ring. 
And I mean, it definitely showed in this one. And I mean, Ultimo definitely held his own. So, I mean, I gave this one a B. B's, B's. I like the B's knees. Cool. We're both on that one. All right. So, next we get a recap of last week where uh, Sister Sherry went after Colonel Robert Parker. I'll kill you! Loved it. She (laughs) was great through that whole thing. Which leads us to our next match. We have uh, the French-Canadian dudes with uh, Colonel Robert Parquet, apparently, because he going with this whole French Foreign Legion look, which is hilarious. Definitely, definitely not the Quebecers. Definitely not the Quebecers. And they are taking on Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. American males. American. The only good uh, thing about it was that two words of their kind of baby, the biggest. There's actually a music video for that if you ever want to go watch it and absolutely just laugh your butts off. No shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> imagine I'll do it later. Imagine Bagwell and Riggs wearing jeans, no shirts, nineties necklaces, those little metal chains, going down like Venice Beach. Oh, geez. Yeah, that is kind of cringe. It's weird. Yeah, it's what it's like. Something your mom would be watching when you walk in the room. She immediately flips over to Sally Jesse. Yep. Um, what were you watching? I've been watching Sally Jesse. What are you talking about? Go to your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. All right. So, of course, you know how this starts. You know, you got American guys taking on anybody who looks remotely foreign. So, let's clear out the ring and get those USA chants going, folks. So it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, USA, America rocks. All right, cool. So, of course, one of the French Canadians uh, decides to show off a little bit. Uh, Riggs and Bagwell are still having communication issues, a little trouble in paradise, if you will, for that tag team, which we've seen over the last month or so. They'll break up eventually. Please. Seriously. Let's see here. Ah. Oh, here we go. Okay, so... Yeah, they ended up doing a uh, – so I did put the uh, – there was a double hot shot on Scotty Riggs. And, of course, you know, the heels do heel things where they like, hey, no, 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 who's in? Am I in? Are you in? Well, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. So we get a hot tag to Buff Bagwell or Marcus Bagwell at this point. And, of course, he does hot tag things, obviously. But Riggs goes for a knee. It's one of the French Canadians into Bagwell. And to do the whole cracking heads. Ref's too busy trying to get Riggs out of the ring. And, of course, uh, one of the French Canadians, I don't know their names, pulled the other one on top of the other one. Who cares? <laughs> he went and pulled one of them on top of Bagwell. One, two, three. French Canadians get the win. The American males argue like children in the ring afterward. Riveting stuff, folks. Riveting stuff. <laughs> that review was just spot on. <laughs> What'd you give this? I gave this match a Z minus. Like, it wasn't my favorite match. Um, 
And for what it's worth, I will admit, as far as heel work goes, especially with the, like the cocky, snooty foreign hill type deal, I find it ironic that these guys are French Canadian and they're acting like snooty. So that's kind of funny. And as far as heels goes, I'll give it to them. I'll give them props. And I think sticking Colonel Parker with them just makes it that much goofier. So, I mean, like I said, I'll give them props for that. Do I expect them to win any gold anytime soon? No. But that's not why they're there. I gave it a C. I don't care. I don't give them props. It's a goofy tag team. I don't care. <laughs> this is the point we talked about it last week where Shivani says, or not Shivani, um, I guess it would have been Zabisco. Or maybe it was Tanae. It was Tanae. I said Shivani last week, but it was Tanae, you know, the other bland face white meat. Those of you with access to the World Wide Web. <laughs> The World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. That, this is where it actually was in the show. But we'll move on. Two, everybody's favorite jokester, Hugh Morris. Ha, ha, ha. Funny pun name. Versus everybody's favorite human growth hormone experiment, Lex Luger. And I love this. It's right off because Luger is that aggressive streak that's just going crazy. And I love it. I love how he comes to the ring. He gets pyro on the on the ring post now. Like he gets yep. Kane's in. I wrote he gets Kane's pyro. That's hilarious. Um, Arn Anderson said he's going to be in the sixty man battle royal, which confuses me because you told me that the last pay per view was his last one. It was his last singles match. Oh, is that you did? Did you prep? Oh, okay, well, okay. So I get to see Double A at least one more. I'll be happy. Um, Luger completely no sold a suplex, uh, top rope, something or the other I wrote. Don't know what that says. <laughs> oh, oh, he no sold a suplex, got the torture rack, and he wins. So we get MG, MG. Mean Gene. I gotta stop reading these quickly and just read the <laughs> initials. Mean Gene with Luger. Uh, Luger's on a tear. Luger wants to win the battle royal. Sting comes in the ring with a bat. I wrote it's a red bat. He hasn't got the solid black one yet. <laughs> uh, Sting kind of pokes Luger with the tip of the bat and shoves him back with it. Then gives Luger the bat and leaves. And Luger stood there more confused than a three-year-old watching HBO after 8 o'clock. I mean, just what am I seeing here? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So Luger gives him the bat. Is that the passing of the, you take, you take it now or uh, I, I don't know. It goes as good as mine. Uh, the match was quick. It was pointless. Luger, of course, just won because Luger's on a tear and they're pushing him hard right now. Oh yeah. Um, I gave this an A minus. Huh? You were a lot more generous. Okay, I don't know, really a lot. I, I added the, pro, the promo and stuff. The promo and sting stuff's all lopped in together. I will say that. The match was probably about a C, C plus. Yeah, I was about to say, because really for me, it was just like, okay, who's getting a torture act this week? And that's basically what it was. As soon as I saw Luger come out, I was like, well, I already know this finish. Um, I will say, though, like the, uh, 
post-match interview was pretty interesting considering, yeah, I mean, Sting just pops up out of the crowd, hands Luger a ball bat. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And he's kind of looking, looking around like, all right, you know, ball bat here. Um, I was like, yeah, for me, I was like, overall, I mean, overall, I gave it a B minus. Like, it was there. Promo was pretty much, I feel like, the better part of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that, but I'm loving this Luger push. This is, they're really pushing him to the moon right now as a different kind of baby face, and I'm liking it. That's true. It's working, at least with me. How about That's you? True. Is it working with you? I mean, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is our number two. And, of course, that brings us Eric Bischoff and Bobby DeBrain Heenan joining Mike Tanay on commentary this time around. And uh, I don't know if you wrote this down or not, but I did from uh, the highlight, I guess, from uh, Saturday night with the interview with uh, Tony Schiavone with uh, Nick Patrick and his lawyer. Um, Oh, yeah. Nick Patrick and lawyer on Saturday. I did write Nick Patrick, DQ, Chris. Jericho unfairly. I did write that down. Mm-hmm. I also wrote down that when Eric Bischoff was introing hour two, he called it round two. He's I like, noticed that too. I was what? just like, what? Or round two. You mean hour two, Eric? <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did see that on Saturday night. So Nick Patrick really hates Chris Jericho. Like, yeah. Uh, Which is funny because I guess they have a match now, World War Three. So yeah, that's fun. Ooh, not only a match, but a one arm tied behind my back match. And I love how Teddy Long tells a lawyer that he works at Dewey Cheatham and How. so yeah. So Teddy fun stuff. And let it be known that Teddy Long challenged Nick Patrick to a match for Chris Jericho, not Chris Jericho. So yep. Hmm. And he shenanigans might be afoot. He apologized and said, I'm sorry if I overstepped my bounds there. And he's like, nah, I want to kick his ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love that. That was, that was a good baby face quote. Mm-hmm. Well, no, nah, it's cool. I'll beat his face in whatever. All right. Which brings us to our next match involving that same guy, but he's using both hands this time or both arms. Rather. We got Chris Jericho taking on some dude from public enemy. It was Johnny grunge. I actually wrote down which one it was. Oh, okay. That makes this a lot easier because <laughs> I missed that part. I just saw Public Enemy and said, oh, great. Here we go. Great. I'm glad it made it easier for you. This was a slog. It was definitely a slog. Um, I literally just kind of wrote down bullet points <laughs> for this one. It's kind of like long, drawn-out, feeling-out process, back suplex. These are I'm reading this verbatim. Oh, okay. Because I was going to stop you there and say I don't care. I gave it a D minus. What'd you give it? Chris Jericho one. Let's move on. But okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I wrote this down just like this. Jericho lands on feet after Grunge moves out from Moonsault. Hit with clothesline. Sounds like a haiku. We're on the floor now. Springboard drop kick off the apron. That was Jericho to Grunge, obviously. I mean, have you seen Johnny Grunge? Um, Grunge goes for chair. Jericho sits him down in the chair for a clothesline. 
That was funny. Let's see, grunge table. Jericho's on it. Jericho moves. Missile drop kick. One, two, three. <laughs> that was my notes. All right, since, you read, since you read yours, let me read my. I'll just read the first line, and this will tell you my thoughts of this match. I already gave it, and I'll tell you about the D minus here in a minute. I wrote, here's my very first line verbatim. Please be quick, period. Nick Patrick scrutiny. <sighs> Ugh. 30 seconds in, too long. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> this was the definition of an absolute hot mess public enemy can't wrestle nope they can't they have to do the garbage and the tables and chairs and that's all they know how to do they don't know how to have a wrestling match yep exactly i wrote d minus then i went you know what that's not good enough gave it an f then this is where we get mean gene with jericho and long and Teddy Long apologizes for the one-arm match, and he says he doesn't care. He wants to kick his ass. <laughs> and see, Chris Jericho <laughs> cut a promo on Nick Patrick, which was good, and then it went from F to D minus. Huh. Well, that's fair. I can't say I blame you for that. I mean, honestly, I gave this match a D. All right, we'll move on. We get NWO music. <laughs> I mean, that match does not deserve anything else no. at all. Anything with Public Enemy right now, they've got fast-forward heat with me. I'm done. I'm done. I don't know how much longer they're in this promotion until they go to ECW, but it cannot be soon enough. All right, Amen. so we get NWO music. Hogan comes out with Ted DiBiase and Virgent. can never remember if it's Virgil or Vincent here, so I was calling Virgent. And Miss Elizabeth, who is now their... Lackey, I guess, because we haven't seen Macho Man for a while since he got obliterated. All right. Um, let's see. Brain hightails it out of there. <laughs> Hogan forces Bischoff to say that he's bigger than Piper, and Piper is a is scared. Great. Yeah. Then we get Mean Gene with DDP. DDP has a fanny pack on like The Rock. Hilarious. Why does he have a fanny pack? It's 1996, and they're already out of style. Uh, The (laughs) Outsiders crash DDP's interview. DDP says no again to the NWO. Nash says something beautiful happening tonight. little foreshadowing there. What do they have planned? I don't know. Probably the last thing in the show, being in the ring. (laughs) Not a match. Do you have anything to say about that? What doesn't DDP get? I don't but know. he just doesn't get it. You don't get it, DDP. I don't get it. Why don't you get it? Exactly. That's the only thing I took from that is like he, he doesn't get it. All right. <laughs> and since I let you do the match where you got the mark out, can I do the match where I'm going to mark out? Oh, absolutely. All right. Next in the ring, we get Bobby Eaton versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Bobby Eaton is, as everybody knows, half of my favorite tag team of all time. Um, let's see. What did I write? That what in the world does that say? Oh, Bobby Eaton smacked Jeff Jarrett during the strut. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was not long. 
Flair comes out, figure four, figure four, figure four, tap out. Jeff Jarrett wins. This may have went three minutes, if that. But it was right. It was short. Bobby Eaton got almost nothing, a little bit, but not much. Um, Flair endorses Jeff Jarrett again. We get Mean Gene with Flair and JJ Double J. We get a replay of the Scorpion Death Drop on Jeff Jarrett. Hmm. Hmm. Mean Gene laughs, thinks it's funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, It is what it is, I guess. I think you're right about him trying to shut Jared up now that I thought about it this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he was up there watching that whole thing. Like, yeah, keep talking. And Sting was unimpressed the whole time he was watching this from the rafters. Flair Jeff Jar- Flair says Jeff Jarrett is in because he says so. Great. This cool. was very short, cool little segment. I think mm-hmm. the interview went longer than the match, which is no problem when you've got Flair and Double J on a on a microphone with Mean Gene. I liked it. Right. This got a B plus for me. I'll take that. B plus is a pretty good grade. Um, yeah, I was like honestly, like I wish the match were a little bit longer, and Bobby Eaton actually got some offense in. I would have been fantastic, but then again, I'm sure that was more or less to set up the interview, basically. It was like, you know, we'll take that. Um, and honestly, I mean, I wrote the interview with this, too, because obviously it was longer than the match. Um, yeah, this got to be for me, because, I mean, I, I like that whole thing with Sting just kind of there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, especially like it seems like anytime Double J is anywhere near a microphone, Sting is like off in the shadow somewhere just watching him talk. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. Yep. B, B plus. We're good. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of Bs, this match is full of them here. You got Big Bubba coming out with the mouth of the South. Jimmy Hart taking on Jim Powers, who doesn't have Teddy Long anymore. Or at least not in this match. Teddy already met yeah. his quota coming out once. <laughs> right. And speaking of bees, we get a little uh, snippet from Bischoff talking about uh, Roddy Piper who still hasn't signed a match, signed for the match with uh, Hulk Hogan, or he hasn't been able to get him to sign for the match against Hogan. And uh, yeah, Bubba pretty much controls a good chunk of this match until you get your cliche babyface comeback. And the turnbuckle smashes were funny to watch because the only thing you see is Bubba's head just bouncing off the turnbuckle. Yeah. And then you get a knee lift, which, okay, that looked pretty nice. But then he just rolls up in and then, boom, gets a huge slam from Big Bubba. The Bubba One, slam. One, two, three. Yep. One, two, and three. I mean, that was all it took. Yep. That was the match right there, folks, as uh, your typical – Jim Powers match, basically. Poor guy. This was literally nothing more than filler. Yep. So it got a filler grade. I gave it a C. Uh, I was a little nicer. I liked it. It was good, solid. It was quick. It was short. The only thing I had, Bischoff kept sounding like an auctioneer calling moves. Oh, we got, we got, we got, we got a power sign. We got, oh, there's a, there's a punch. There's a call. Oh, drop kick, drop kick. Oh, hip toss, hip toss, hip toss. Oh, can we get hip toss? I'm like, whoa, slow down. How much cocaine did you do <laughs> on commercial? I mean, he was four lines in when they come back from break. Good right. Lord. <laughs> um, I gave this a B. 
I liked a little better. Um, solid. I again, I guess I'm just a big Bubba fan. Jim Powers. This guy had something. He wasn't bad, but he's just he's the single of Furnace and Lafon. He's just yep. bland. He's big. Yep. He looks good, but I have no reason to care about him. No, you don't. And, and it, 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 it kind of gives you an '80s vibe. Yeah, he would have. You know, he would have been good WWF late '80s. Yep, Vince would have yeah. drooled over this dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yep. All right. Next, we get the match that I wanted two weeks ago. Benoit with woman versus Eddie Guerrero. And this isn't the we're selling injuries slow slog of a match that I hated. Right. This was, we're going to have a good match. And unfortunately, the first thing I wrote was again, didn't we hardly have this? But I was wrong. They said that Eddie Guerrero, they showed Eddie Guerrero was warming up before the show. I'm thinking, why was Eddie Guerrero warming up two hours ago? <laughs> Yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. This was a quick start. Um, the tilt a world backbreaker that was ugh. we get Kevin Sullivan talking about Ben or talking about Ben Wall. I don't know why. Why are we why is Ben Wall in like every feud ever? He hates double J because he's going to be a horseman. Uh, he's been back and forth with Eddie Guerrero for a while. And Kevin Sullivan, everybody hates Ben Wall. Mm-hmm. He's so hated right now. He just put the mask back on and become the Pegasus kid. And now we know he knows who it is. <laughs> yeah, that's an old school reference. If you know who the Pegasus kid is, um, Eddie Guerrero's slingshot Centom was whoo, nice. I love those. Uh, Benoit was using a lot of submissions. Benoit gets a superplex for a two count. Woman gets in the way. Eddie Guerrero goes for a Hurricane Rana pin. Benoit counters it one, two, three. Benoit wins. I like this. This was a good, solid working match. Both oh, yeah. of these guys were amazing and excellent and obviously worked well together. I gave oh, this a yeah. B, I gave this a B plus. B plus. That's not bad. It was like, and I mean, you can tell in any of their matches, really. I mean, I hate to say it, but I even will include the oh my god, we're both injured match in this. You can tell these guys definitely have great ring chemistry. I mean, obviously, they were friends oh, yeah. outside the ring. But at the same time, I mean, you could definitely tell that they had great in-ring chemistry, which is why their matches were always just fun to watch. They're always fast, a lot of spots. They trust each other. It shows. And this match is no different. Um probably one of the best matches I've seen on Nitro pretty much the entire time we've watched, been watching. Um, yeah, I have no complaints at all with this match. The finish was nice. I like the finish. I appreciated it. Benoit gets the win, which is good for him. He definitely needs that going in down the road, especially. Eddie didn't lose, like, off some craziness. He... Went for a Hurricane Rana and just happened to mess it up. Okay. Lost to the, you know, lost to the better man that night. Exactly. It's like, yeah, he zigged when he should have zagged. So, you know, that's just how it works. Um, I gave this an A. This is probably my favorite match on this card. Uh, me too, probably. 
I don't remember what all grades I've given, but yeah, probably. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back the truck up. Beep, beep. Look at the card. Favorite of the night? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I marked out for that first match, and I gave it the grade I felt it deserved. I gave this grade to felt the one I felt it deserved. And if we're talking Benoit versus Guerrero, La Parca debut, and you, wow, that says mm-hmm. something. I'll, I'll that that says something. I, I mean, like that, for me, that's tipping my hat to the men in the ring there. And hey, this was our main event because guess what? The show ends with the actual main event. <laughs> Enough with the in-ring crap. The ah! main event, folks. I know this one, I have no problem with it being, you know, the way the show goes off. If it wasn't for every show the last month, I'm not even going back and looking, but I know it's been the last four or five shows. Yep. This is the only, if this should be the last thing. Since this has been, it's been like this since Halloween Havoc. (sighs) Since after Halloween Havoc. It's been NWO. Yep. I'm done with it. It's not heel heat anymore. It's do something else. Right. You could have ended it right there after the Benoit Guerrero match. I'd have been great with that. I'm like, well, I can go to bed happy now. Yeah, because I don't like like what's going to happen with this segment. But that's personal reasons because now that I know backstage what went down. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really wouldn't, I really just, it would have got some heat with me in 96 if every show didn't end with that anticlimactic. Right. This isn't. This is going to be, oh, 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 kind of. Yeah. So what happened in this last thing, Arnold? All right. So Bischoff's in the ring now telling us what he's told us on commentary, you know, that Piper still hasn't signed a contract to face Hogan yet, but he's doing everything he can to make this. Are those bagpipes? Crowd's going ballistic. Who else but Roddy, Roddy Piper comes out the tunnel? And you can tell he's kind of got that side-eye thing going on. He's got something to say. Bischoff doesn't look too thrilled to see him. And uh, he's here to spit some truth. Because apparently Bischoff's been fibbing this whole time. I've come here too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) but yeah so he just straight up he just straight up calls bischoff out in front of these people and the millions more watching at home and the crowd's just like what but for- bischoff can could not sell this any worse because no. <laughs> he's sitting there like obviously you didn't did something and he's like you know how was your flight you know how was the path to the ranch was it straight was it crooked uh uh um it was i no, but uh, uh, then he uh, then he calls him <laughs> he called him a little piece of poop except he didn't say the word poop <laughs> no he did not <laughs> not at all straight up called him a piece of <laughs> <laughs> but here comes the oh lord here comes the new world order what are they doing down here and, of course, they come out, they grab Piper. Piper's held back, can't do anything, practically defenseless at this point. Here comes none other than the man he is supposedly afraid of, everybody's favorite brother, Hulk Hogan, or excuse me, Hollywood. 
Hulk Hogan, who continues to grab a mic, Paul Piper coward, and, you know, he was nobody before Hogan showed up. And, oh, God, what else happened? Oh, yeah. So a bunch of police officers come down and restrain Piper while the NWO does NWO things. It's just, Lord have mercy. It was just, that part was just kind of like, really? Do we need all of this? Piper's last line was my favorite. As he's separated from Hogan, he yells, Hey, Baldy! And he kisses his hand and touches the skirt. Or the skirt, <laughs> the, the kilt on the back. <laughs> I was like, Hey, Baldy! I know we talked earlier about MJF being the future of professional wrestling. Until I see a birth certificate, you're not going to get me to believe that Maxwell Jacob Friedman isn't the illegitimate son of Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's fair. On their mo- they are so similar on the mic, and that's not a knock. That is an absolute. I can't take. I could take a backhoe and could not shovel enough praise on Maxwell Jacob Friedman promo for being like Piper. Great. He's mm-hmm. the best in the business right now with a microphone in his hand. Hands down. And this kind of, and every time we're seeing Piper now, Piper can't go in the ring as well at this point because he's like in his mid 40s, late 40s, mm-hmm. whatever. Piper's way past his prime. So is Hogan, really. Yeah. But Hogan's a little, little more in shape, a little, but whatever. But looking at it in 1996, size in a vacuum, sorry, in a vacuum. I'm not a big fan of this Bischoff joining the NWO thing. It doesn't make sense at all. Like they weren't, you could tell this is one of those things that they just did and did they should, they could have done better because if they wanted to start planting the seeds of Bischoff being part of the NWO, that would have been great. And they, and see, this is what November. Yep. Pay this off in March. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Just little, I'm not saying every week, one little thing a month, just a little little seed here. Not like the Nick Patrick where we have to see it every week and don't get a payoff for four months. Yeah. Not that. Not that. No. Just a little seed once a week. One, not once a week, once a month. This, it was just too quick. It didn't make sense. Yeah. And now that it's 20, now looking at it in 2021, knowing what happened, we know why. This was all done because Bischoff saw something getting over and decided he had to be a part of it. Sounds about right. And here in a few weeks, we're going to say goodbye to the first member of the NWO. Goodbye, Mr. Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Because Bischoff replaces DiBiase as the mouthpiece of the NWO. Why? It absolutely blows me away. Why? Other than Bischoff's ego wanting to be a part of it. That never should have happened. Nope. It always should have been DiBiase. Never should have been Bischoff. This was stupid. This was Bischoff's ego running wild. I don't, I Agreed. mean. But, you know, looking at it in a vacuum, it's this last part was pretty good. I like the end of the Piper trying to get at Hogan. Have to be restrained. And <laughs> I love the whole the like you mentioned the 
was it curvy? Was it straight? How was your flight? Implying, you know, you never went to my ranch. You're lying to everybody. You piece of... (laughs) Um, I like this. It was good. It wasn't perfect. Basically because Eric Bischoff's involved. He's WCW's version of Vince McMahon. Not Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon. Um, I gave this a B. I did too. I was like, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anything to add to that. I was like, yeah, I mean, I gave it a B too. Like for what it was, it was good. And yeah, like my thing is, yeah, I agree 100% about Bischoff. Like it, they had just kind of, you know, do, 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 you know, just playing the little things here and there. Then, yeah, it would have made, it would have made a lot more sense in my opinion. And honestly, I would have been more on board with it had they done it that way. Yeah, I had, uh, yeah, it was dumb. DiBiase would have been much better in this role. Has been oh, yeah. good. And he's been good in this role. But yeah, so that's the end of Nitro because you know it's an in-ring segment. We can't have a match. And again, this one should have been the end of the show. This one should have been the end of the show. This big revelation that Bischoff has a giant ego. But yeah. Every other show shouldn't. Hopefully we finish. Hopefully we're done with that and they learned their lesson. I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got World, World War Three coming up this Sunday. So we got to ask the question. Are we, are we asking mom and dad for 40 bucks? Hmm. I probably would. Only because... I mean, let's be real here. 60-man battle royale with three rings. That should be fun. Yep. So we got Rey Mysterio versus Ultimate Dragon with all eight belts on the line. Jericho, Nick Patrick with the one arm tied behind my back. The Giant and, and Double J. Um, don't, I don't remember anything else off the top of my head. And a 60-man battle – the 60-man – I don't think you're right. The 60-man battle royal for me would be, yeah, mom, 40 bucks. Because, mm-hmm. like I've said, I love the Royal Rumble. And this is a little different, but different. It's But kind of the same-ish. A gimmick on a battle royal. Yep. So, yeah, I probably – this would be a probably, not a definite. This would be if mom says no, I'm not going to fight about it or right. argue about it. Even though I'm not, respect your parents, folks. I don't care how old you are, listen to this. But I'm not gonna like it if she says no. Yeah, like I'll be like eh. I'll be mad, I'll be a little disappointed, but not massively disappointed. Halloween Havoc, I would have probably sat in my room and cried. This I'd have been like, eh, let's play some Mario. Right. Yeah. But that was so that was Nitro from November 18th, 1996. A very quick abbreviated review. We're trying to catch up, folks. I do have my notebook back, as you can hear. So, got that back yesterday. I missed it. Um. So, yeah, Nitro, November 1996, 18th, 1996. This was a um, middle-of-the-road go-home show. We forgot to mention, this mm-hmm. was the go-home show for World, World War Three, And it was kind of mad for me. I mean, everything was – there was just – there was good – what was good was good. Don't get me wrong. There was good. But what was bad? 
looking at you, Johnny Grunge and Chris Jericho was enough to bring the whole show down. Really? Yeah, it definitely stuck out. It brought the show to a screeching halt, and they never got it back. Um, this gets a C plus for me, really, and which is sad because there's only two things that are below a B or yeah. B minus, some version of a B. But when there's a C with the not Quebecers versus the American males, which didn't do anything for me. And then that disaster of Johnny Grunge versus Jericho that did nothing for society or human beings or anybody ever. Right. So C plus for me. That's fair. And my thing is, I mean, realistically, as far as go home shows go, this wasn't bad, but at the same time, it could have been better in some aspects of it. Cause it's like, I feel like everything they had to do to put over the matches and things for the pay-per-view outside of the 60 man battle Royale, they did a pretty good job of. So like, I'll take that and, you know, we get the giant Jeff Jarrett going in with a rematch, we get the cruiserweight belts on the line, Ultimo dragon and his 15 belts are on the line. Um, this yeah. just in Ultimo just won another one at 16. <laughs> right. Jeez Louise. And, um, but yeah, I mean, so as far as that goes, everything bases were covered there. Um, but there were a few matches where it's kind of like, we're going to phone this home. And yeah, it's like, especially, yeah, that Jericho and Johnny Grunge match. I mean, just skirt everything. And it's kind of like, okay, well, that knocked the wind out of my sails. Long story short, could have been worse. Definitely could have been better. I gave it a C. Okay. Not okay. <clears throat> and yeah, definitely could have been worse. Definitely could have been better. Probably describes this review pretty well. And if you'd like to tell us what we could do better, reach us out on Twitter at AWR Pod. Same thing on oh. in Instagram. Uh, email at AWR316 at gmail.com. Uh, any final thoughts on going into World War Three, Arnold? Final thoughts going into World War Three. Can we please get this match with Hogan and Piper? I want it to happen. I think Piper wants it to happen too. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that match. Be careful what you wish for. That'll be my closing thoughts. Whoo, can't wait to review <laughs> that. That let's just call that a beautiful disaster. Works for me. Or Vince Russo's wet dream. We'll call it that. All <laughs> right. So that's going to be us from November 18th, 1996, WCW Nitro. And that's going to be us on our backs, looking up at the lights. One, two, three. Hey.